to Rise to Liberty podcast. Before we get going, I'd like to ask all of you to like, follow, share, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Head over to risetoliberty.com where you can find everything related to the show, including voice messages. You can head over to the website and leave a voice message to have it played on the show. You can also head over to risetoliberty.store for all the kick-ass merch we have. Finally, don't forget to go to tomfor52.com. Thomas Queter is running for New York Senator and could use your help. So head on over to tomfor52.com and leave a donation. Greasyporcupines.org for all your auto repair needs in Arizona. Open Monday through Saturday, 24 hours a day. Just call 602-845-0105. Today, I have a new friend of mine on, Todd, and uh, we're going to talk about some of uh, what's going on and kind of our perspectives on how things are going these days. So, welcome, Todd. How are you doing? Doing well, Jacob. How are you doing, man? Not too bad. Just hanging in there, you know, trying to live in this uh, weird dystopian future we seem to find ourselves in. You know, it's kind of all over the place. So. It is. It, it definitely is. Uh, wild times to be alive, that's for sure. Yeah, it really is. So, how exactly do you feel about these uh, these mandates that just came out yesterday? Or at least the proposal of them. Yeah, you know, the whole aspect of a mandate in itself is is kind of an interesting word uh, in itself, both in, I think, origin and also in use. As is with most of the nomenclature and, and taxonomy that we have had over the years, both in a political spectrum, but also society as well. Yeah. You know, the idea that we're seeing an overarching uh, mandate that's coming down top bottom and is really kind of intending and, and proposing the idea of, of over overarching and going beyond and bypassing, I think kind of at a state level and more of a local level is it, it, it has some hesitations to it. It definitely has uh, some, I would say some, some call and need to really understand the breadth of the of the, the problem that's trying to be solved, yeah, and if it's the correct approach uh, to solving and in, in in kind of coming and resolving that problem in itself, um, I always get weary. Period. When the government says they're mandating something, <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair for everybody's sake, and and less to say any one government, just period in general, yeah. any type of authoritative mandate. I think always needs a, a careful inspection and, and investigation in, into what and who. For yeah. Matter. Well, and uh, I can't remember exactly who said the quote, but it's, uh, you know, nothing's more permanent than a temporary government program. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, could it be more than more than true? Yeah. yeah. Well, and what's interesting to me is the fact that this isn't just happening in one country. It's it's worldwide. And some countries are further along than others, such as Australia, which seems like a complete totalitarian regime at this point. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing is, is this is a, and it always kind of tends to be a sliding scale. Uh, and to kind of see that there are obviously different 
different capacities at which things are moving in, in different in different speeds and so forth. I think it's fairly common. However, the scale seems to be all sliding towards one direction yeah. in, in more uniformity at a global stage. And I think that that's where I think a lot of people are getting really kind of hung up on this whole thing. It's, it's not like that there is, you know, an approach that each country or nation is, is taking in. And it's, you know, respective to their particular culture and values and, you know, their own constitutional principles and everything else. I think the thing that has a lot of people up in arms is that no matter where you look, it all seems to be sliding towards the same direction and the same end goal. And, and when you think about sovereignty and everything else from a country's perspective or even a people's perspective, it kind of goes against that entire concept in, in itself. Uh, and when we look at the litmus test that's happening in places like Australia and many others for that matter of how the people are dealing with this and how the health officials are dealing with this and, and their elected uh, representatives and so forth, obviously there's a great divide. Obviously there's a lot of detachment. And again, to your point, perspective to some of them, Australia being a key point there, the intensity of that is, I would say in most parts, very troubling, um, not just for what it could mean for any other country, um, but just simply what those individuals and the people and the citizens of Australia are going through yeah. um, is very, very troubling. Well, and I, I think the the issue for me, at least, is the the force behind it. Do this or else. And I right. mean, that, it doesn't really work well with me personally anyways, but the idea of forcing a medical uh, procedure, basically, on people through the threat of violence, it just seems so immoral. And at, at this point, with... Uh, all of the countries that are participating in this, which seems to be practically everybody, that it gives a little bit more credence to, you know, the new world order theory. Um, I'm not necessarily, it's yeah. not necessarily, uh, you know, lizard people. I'm not sure if they're beneath the Denver <laughs> airport, but still right. seems a little crazy to me. However, the idea of a group of uh, extremely wealthy, powerful people trying to take over the world seems a little bit less crazy. Sure, sure. Well, you know, it, you kind of, in, in phrasing it the way you did, it kind of creates this oxymoron of, of saying a, a health and the medical by force. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, the, the capacity at which, you know, I, I look at this is obviously through a bunch of different lenses, you know, looking at what different different nations are handling it to that point we were saying earlier, um, but kind of hitting more at home, the idea that they're prompting and incentivizing people to go take care of themselves from a health perspective with otherwise unhealthy incentivization in itself is questionable. You know, they're, they're promoting individuals to go get vaccinated with suggestions of free fast food and, and alcohol <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and ice cream and, you know, sugar filled things. And it's, it's kind of, it's counterintuitive and counteractive to the point of saying, you want me to go be healthy by giving me something uh, to motivate me that's unhealthy. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that alone without 
obviously without having any need to go into anything that some might consider a conspiracy theory of some sort is just again going back to that aspect of of, of thinking about things logically and reasonably and so forth you know it's like saying hey um i'm gonna spray you with this hose unless you jump in the pool <laughs> you know and it's kind yeah. of like well wait a minute here you know it's like i don't want to get wet you know it's like oh well hey if you jump in the pool though you know um yeah it's it, it's it's a weird thing uh that the the approach that's there and i think that that fuels I think that feels probably a big part of why people are willing to think um, really kind of outside of the box and, and think a little bit wilder. And, and, and again, when you think about the, the conspiracy theory aspect of it, whether it's emphasized to, to a great uh, extreme uh, or, or if it's kind of toned back, yeah. I think the themes are consistent. You know, again, however you want to paint it. If you want to paint it of a... Uh, a a faction of lizard people that live underground that are controlling it to um, a bloodline, you know, that's doing it or, or just simply, Hey, there's individuals in this world that want to see a better world. It still results in the same thing, which is, is, is driving towards, Hey, this has to happen. So, you know, I, I kind of look past however anybody wants to sum up the, the force behind it or the individuals behind it and saying, you know, that's kind of besides the point. The fact is, is that no matter which way you look at it, that result is ultimately the same. Is that we're we're being um, more than asked, so to speak, uh, to to partake in something, and it's becoming less and less voluntary and, and less and less choice, um, respective to whether I want to engage, and it's a choice on whether or not I'm willing to face repercussions if I don't. Yeah. Well, and it seems like a very dangerous game of chicken you know uh like the uh the powers of be are really trying to push citizens to a breaking point there's definitely some lines that are being tested uh i would say that there possibly are some lines that are being crossed and i don't think it's just for individuals as well either um it goes farther than just the individual and into the collective you know, some things that I'm seeing from from a perspective of, of how people work and where they work, for that matter. You know, obviously, at a wide breadth of, of individuals who I'm uh, who I speak to to learn about their experiences and and everything from union workers to private to uh, government, federal and state, and just seeing their experiences of what they're facing and what they're hearing from from their employers, uh, from their managers and coworkers and peers. It's been really, you know, wide across the spectrum to where some are extremely invested in 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 following suit uh, with mandates and, and going down the path of, of ensuring that you know that they and their peers or their employees are are meeting all the guidelines and, and suggested mandates. Now, some of that looking kind of now what the core framework underneath that is are doing it because they truly. You know, they truly believe that this is the way that we're going to get past uh, this moment in time where we're facing uh, some sort of illness. Now, there's others that, that may not necessarily, I think, fall on that line, and they're more or less saying, I just want to keep my doors open. You know, I, I need to keep food on the table. I need to keep an opportunity for everybody to work, and, and this is what we have to do to do that. Um, and then there's others, obviously, on the flip side of that, you know, which, which are equal in part. They, they don't feel that 
that what we've been presented is is necessarily proven to be safe and and they're hesitant there and much in the same way those who i think own the countries also don't want to be told or own the companies don't necessarily want to be told what to do either you know safe or not you know they, they look at it from a standpoint of, of of liberty and what it means to own a private company and make those decisions for you and what's best for your company and so there's there's definitely a lot of wheels turning in this thing uh, and when when we look at those aspects of, of all the different angles that people can come at, you know, it can be summed up ultimately into not just individual buckets. Obviously, we can subcategorize and compartmentalize anything, but it, it ultimately comes down to those who are who are for and those who are against. And that's I think a bigger problem that ultimately gets faced when we look at society and community. And, and partly due to the fact that it's not just one area. It's not just private businesses that are facing this. It's not just state and government workers. It's not just one branch of the military. It's every, every single facet that we look at, there is that, that split down the middle. Um, and all the other aspects of division that we had more recently but always been facing through this country as has its highs and lows, have really kind of taken a back seat because they've come to realize that, hey, the, the gripes that you and I may have right now are getting really kind of diminished by the fact that we either both agree or disagree on this one very, very intense thing. Um, so as I hear a lot of people say that, oh, there's there's so much divide and we're a very divided country. I, I, yeah, I mean, obviously there's division, but that kind of comes in the aspect of, of sovereignty and having the liberty to for all of us to have our different opinions. However, I think that the the division between those who are for and those who are against the the treatments and so forth are almost bringing a lot of unity to those other aspects of division that we had before, which is really interesting. Yeah, it's I gotta say it's uh, interesting and as you know concerning and scary as these times are. You know, I, I, it's the best time to be alive. You know, this is <laughs> I agree. This, like we are living through some some things that have never happened at least that we know of in human history um and it's it's just really interesting that way um so so i gotta ask how much of this do you believe personally uh, just your opinion that how how much do you believe is manufactured intentionally um as far as like the division or some of these uh situations that are really i would say hurting uh the cause of us coming together as a people uh well i think a little bit of my background might help here uh, respective to both my interests personally my enthusiasm and also occupationally uh, i i come from a background of user experience product and system design and i i focus very highly on design systems for that matter and the capacity of how cross-platform work and products are all set up, I'm very system-oriented. As far as I'm, you know, kind of have always looked at not just my work, but kind of everything around me, everything is, as I like to say, all by design. Absolutely everything around us. There's a, a thought process behind the fact that, well, if something's not working well, then, then it wasn't designed. Well, no, it was. It was designed to work as everything is around us exactly the way it's working. Now, whether it's working well or not is is a separate conversation, but 
how it's working, how it was made was, was by a particular design. Now, when we talk about how structured or fabricated, you know, to your question there, to that point then, yeah, I think 100% of it was fabricated. Now, again, fabricated with malicious intent or fabricated with, with the best intentions and, and thought, that is then the second half of that conversation. But yeah, I, I think that everything that we see and everything that we engage in, everything that we do has, a, has some level of thought and intention behind it. Um, and so it would be impossible to say that anything is not by design or not fabricated to, to a degree. The question really then goes behind the aspect of, you know, what is the validity and credibility of those who were behind it? You know, who designed it? What were their motives? What were, you know, what was kind of the agenda driving it, the vision, so to speak, and the means to get there? Um, I think is what then comes into probably what you're more alluding to is, you know, is it being fabricated in such a way to drive us towards making a decision or going a certain way, you know? And, and again, that's where we look at the who side of that. So to that being said, when we look at, let's say, um, if it is a government for that matter, you know, we, we understand the fact that there's, there's opposition within the government itself, as there should be. You know, there definitely needs to be a healthy balance across the board with respects to the representation and the opinions that are within that, just as I think any healthy system should have. You know, th there has to be a baseline of good, so to speak, and I would say poorly working aspects of the system overall. If, if we don't have anything to measure on, on either side of the scale, then we can't really progress the system. You, know, you can't make something better if you don't have an idea of what's not working for that matter or what's working poorly. And just in the same way, if you don't have good eyes on something that's working poorly or have the ability to fail and, and create something that's not working, then you're never really gonna progress it to be at a better state um, and, and gain a more optimal level of function for that matter. Now, that's not a justification to go out and, and create poor experiences. <laughs> you know, it's by any means. However, it does, I think, give the affordance to do so. However, are there individuals that are fabricating certain things um, within a system for ill intent? Absolutely. Um, there's bad actors everywhere and in everything for that matter. Um, some of them may be purely driven individualistically in their own wants and desires. Some of them may be a means uh, in driving an agenda that's being directed down to them, 100%. And you know, to, to the perspective of whether that falls left or right or blue or red or Democrat or Republican or, or this or that, you know, it, it's going to be on both sides as well, too. You know, I think that when it comes down to it, both sides have their own balance and then, and then the collective has a balance as well, too. And, and what can tip those, those scales, I think, does come at a micro level, you know, um, but it obviously is going to, going to affect and impact the macro as well, too. Yeah. So... Personally, on my side of things, um, I'm kind of uh, like you, more of a centrist. I'm I'm a libertarian, uh, specifically more uh, an anarcho-capitalist. Um, I'm not a big fan of labels, but that's, I guess, the closest thing to be able to describe uh, where I come from. And so, of course, I'm all about uh, the individual uh, individual sovereignty, body autonomy, 
um, pretty much just leave me alone. You know, don't steal my stuff. Don't don't <laughs> hurt me. You know, and then sure. just leave me alone from there. And yeah. it seemed the way I view the left and the right, uh, as far as how it is in the United States, um, it's two wings of the same ship bird. You know, it's they're they these people they they work together. They go to dinner together, you know, they play the stock market together, their kids and grandkids all hang out, go to school together, and so, uh, and obviously not everyone, um, but a lot of people definitely uh, played up for the camera that they're enemies and behind closed doors, they're a lot closer friends than pretty much anyone else. So it seems to me personally that there, there are some very nasty people trying to get away with gaining more power over people, whether it be for profit or just mad control. Um, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, a lot of yes. things to break the spirit is what it seems like to break the mind. You know, it's this craziness. They say we have to wear masks. We can't, we have to social distance. We can't go out. And then photos will come out of like Obama's birthday party or somebody hosting a party and nobody's wearing a mask, nobody's social distancing, but they get in front of the camera. So what do you think the purpose is of a lot of these things coming out? Where Where's the, uh, the craziness really lie? No, it's a great question. You know, double standard is always something that's, that's, typically embedded when it comes to a, an aspect of, of there being an ability to control, you know, and, and aspects of power, um, primarily because I think just in the nature of what having those types of obligations and responsibilities have, you know, and, and I've had this, I've had this conversation and in, in struggle with, um, with my elders, you know, parents and uncles and, and grandparents and so forth and, and how they've, they've, they've looked at this aspect because they've all in some capacity, even myself have been in certain realms of, of authority, so to speak. And when you're in that, you do realize that there is both a, a duty that you have and there's a line that, that can be very hypocritical that's easily crossed. And I think that that comes again in the nature of what comes with, with authority. You know, it's, it's kind of like sitting there saying just, just in the essence of, of me saying, you know, I have this authoritative position, so I have to be authoritative to everyone else. You know, you run into a situation where if you don't follow that own authority and that own rule, well, at the absolute instance that you do it, regardless how minuscule or how great, you become under fire. And, you know, you have that flaw that then gets associated and stigmatized to that position of whatever it is. Now, of course, it does go back to that perspective that what was the intent of the individual going into that position to begin with? If they wanted the power so that they could do that, obviously, you know, those are individuals that need to be held accountable uh, for for that when, when they don't do right to the people, so to speak. And yeah, absolutely. We've seen this kind of dynasty approach to politics forever. I mean, I think it kind of incides with the whole idea of what a politics are about in itself and, and governing and, and so forth. Um, I would almost 
I would almost wave on the aspect of caution if people didn't do this. And I say that from the perspective of how effective can you really be in a year? Yeah. You know, and if you think about this from let's let's break this down to something even more simple. Um, let's say you wanted to lose weight. You know, if you subscribe to a certain way of eating for two weeks and were surprised why you didn't drop all the weight and get to the physique that you wanted to yeah. get to, um, you know, you'd be remiss. You, you have to put in obviously more to it, right? And so you extend that out then to six months and you notice a big amount of change. Well, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to show the effectiveness of it and, and probably you're going to want to continue that. Or two, you're going to see the ineffectiveness and realize that, oh, we, we got to change this up a little bit, right? When you start to see then this pushed out to an, an extreme, right? A long period of time to where that, that way of eating becomes a lifestyle and you put years behind it and you obtain and understand the years of, of benefit that comes from that particular way of eating. You become very authoritative in that you're willing to say no about certain things. You're willing to give certain compromises and you're probably going to strive to an extent of of that you may not allow maybe a spouse or a partner or roommate to have certain things in the house because it could become critical to, you know, your, your own ability to do that. Now, again, that's, that's a discipline thing when we talk about food and eating. Um, now, when you put that into the political spectrum, you know, that, that would be the equivalent to saying, Hey, we have a far reaching goal that we want to make. And, and this isn't going to happen in six months. It's not going to happen in a year, two year term or a four year term. We need to be thinking about things generationally. And when you think about how the rest of the world works, whether it's respective to the, for, to the international stage or the financial stage or any of those, those are things that think in 20, 50, 100, 200 years, primarily because they have to. You know, things don't turn quick enough for, for them to, to kind of think of them in the immediate. So, you know, when you think about it that way, Obviously, the individuals that then get into those positions are thinking generationally, and they are thinking about, well, if we're going to keep this going and moving this in a path to where it's actually going to make that, then, then we have to put certain things in play. I have to have certain um, consistencies and mental models and, the, and ideologies in place, um, you know, to make sure that we get to that goal. So I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I understand it. Um, but again, it, it does come back to the perspective of is it in, in the best uh, the best regard of the people uh, or not? Or is it self-serving? And when it becomes self-serving, of course, it becomes problematic. And of course, you know, then I, I look to the individuals in place. But to, to, to think about it from perspective that the system is, is bad, I can't necessarily go back to say that the system is necessarily bad more than it's the people who abuse it. Yeah. There's yeah. some level of genius when it comes into, I think, the structure and, and, and again, the system. There, there really is. Um, but again, it, it can very easily get wrapped up, let's say, in tinfoil with regards to <laughs> who those individuals are. You know, it's, it's a matter of, of compromise of convenience. It's a matter of compromise of, of self-growth. Uh, you know, if it benefits you, you're probably going to be less opposition to whatever that is if you don't see the benefit you're probably going to question it and if you see that it's counterintuitive to what your own is of course you're going to fight against it well it, the problem's pretty okay, obvious it's pretty obvious like when you see um democrats or republicans uh republicans will complain about 
something that they were doing just right when they were when they were in power. But now that it's the Democrats doing it, they have an issue with it. It's like, okay, so you're telling us you're not principled. (laughs) You this isn't this isn't about the issue itself. It's about the fact that you're not in power, that you're not holding this. It is. Well, you know, and the other thing, too, is we're talking about a system that's been around for only a few hundred years. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is, and not only that, you know, I, I I look at the, some, you know, something that a lot of people always gravitate to is that the times are very different than they were then than they are now. Yeah. And some would suggest that, no, they aren't. You know, there's different technologies or you know there's different ways that we do things but are they really that different is is i think probably a a very good discussion to have because in some respects they aren't really that different than they were agreed the the vehicles that we that we have and and use for certain aspects um, may be different there's maybe similar um or i'd say you know maybe new social structures and norms that we didn't necessarily contend with and so forth but on the broader scale of things I don't really think that they're all that different at a, at a thematic perspective. And so, you know, one thing that, that and, and again, the the time frame that we're talking here respective to other governments and, and other dynasties and other civilizations is, is infinite. And, you know, to sit here and say that it's failed, you know, it's kind of like, it's like, you know, has it really had a chance to fail? You know, is this just a a challenge more than a failure at this point in time? You know, I hear a lot of people talking about the fact that we're on the brink of fall and collapse and civil war and all this stuff. And, and, you know, it's it's like, do we not think that these types of things have happened in in civilizations that lasted thousands of years, that that they weren't overcome, they didn't cause the change and and, and the growth to happen um, is is one capacity there. But at the same point in time, to, to the earlier point, we are we are trying something that's never been done before and and not only that we're trying something that's that we haven't ever been done in the thing that we're doing as well too yeah it's it's brand new territory territory for this whole experiment and it's interesting i i think me personally why i would be concerned uh as far as like the collapse and stuff goes um would would be that any empire seems to never last ever the british empire fell rome fell um do i think that it's necessarily going to happen uh well if it does it's not gonna appear like any other collapse has ever appeared before it's it's not gonna be the fall of rome um we could be knocked from the throne so to speak um, but I, I think things are are really different. Uh, there's there's not going to be a king on the throne at this point. It's more of a, governments hold different positions. Um, so we are the security arm of whoever wants to pay us the most. We back up whoever gives us the most money and we protect them and we do the bidding for the highest bidder. Well, I would ask... I, I don't disagree with you in the least bit. I would ask, kind of in the beginning of what you're saying, though, um, and I'll go two ways here. Um, first, kind of just a, I think, a healthy discussion and understanding of, is it healthy that things fall? You know, is, is it actually a good thing that empires don't last forever? 
would be probably a, a good argument to have, you know, and, 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 and suggest to say that, you know, would it have been healthy had the, any one of those empires still persisted for that matter? And how could they coexist yeah. in itself? You know, I mean, obviously there, there has to breed way for progression forward, uh, for sure. You can't build upon something unless you break it down. You know, I mean, we, we understand that if you try to adapt something, you, you run into two possibilities and two problematic areas. One, you're unable to really kind of reach the potential because you didn't break it down first and rebuild it. And two, you also have the problematic carrying over the flaws of the previous system. You know, so I could see kind of the adaptation of something and the evolution of, of, a, of an empire or government um, may not be possible for that matter. The yeah. second thing that I'm going to go probably far, far less logical and maybe closer to more of a conspiracy aspect, I would argue that perhaps those empires didn't necessarily fall in some perspectives. You know, there's a lot of individuals who are kind of more under a, a perspective that that those empires are actually still kind of in place, and what we're seeing is is the culmination of them rather than rather than that they've fallen and a new one popped up and the next one fell and the new one popped up and, and now it's America's turn to fall and the next one will pop up. You know, I just kind of wonder if actually what we are seeing is more of an evolution for that matter and, and that it is less about empires falling and it's more about a much broader and bigger picture um, that we're seeing develop. Yeah. Well, and it seems interesting. I, I agree that it's probably healthy for civilization as a whole, for these changes to take place. Um, and, and I would definitely argue at this point, it's, it's time for a, uh, a reboot, uh, a reset, for lack of a better term, of what's taking place in this country specifically. Um, I personally don't like the way that it's heading. I, I personally don't like... Uh, being stolen from through taxes to be able to fund a gigantic war machine that I do not approve of. Um, sure. I obviously would, I, I disagree with a, uh, a violent solution. I think that that's completely immoral and it shouldn't happen. Um, however, I think most people should also be willing to defend themselves. Um, in this, this day and age, warfare would look very different. It wouldn't be, you know, uh, a bunch of farmers standing in a line shooting at redcoats. Um, but there, do, there, there does need to be some sort of a reset. People need to kind of reevaluate where things are going um, and really stick up for themselves at this point. Um, I'm, I'm honestly hoping that this, uh, this mandate whether uh, people agree with the vaccines uh, specifically or not, I don't think is really the point. But to really stand behind everyone and be like, hey, look, we, we actually have a say in what happens to ourselves and to our country, and we disagree with this. Sure. No, I, I can understand that. And, and you know, it, it does come to this perspective of, of understanding the, the true kind of scope and size, right? Because if we talk about true representation of self, obviously it has to be in totality. It has to be everybody has to be able to represent themselves. And when we come into a issue where 
where you have individuals whom are being represented. Obviously, that becomes problematic because of the simple fact that are you being represented as a whole, or are you truly your individual perspective being is is resonating and expressed in in how you're being represented? And you know, if you have if you have one person that's speaking on behalf of another, that's that's logical. You can do that. Yeah. But if you have two people who are being represented by one person and those two people aren't aligned 100%, which nobody truly, really, I think is, there's always going to be some variance in there. How do you represent that you know, properly? Now, I just kind of pump that out to the broader scale and population of, of the country to sit here and think that, you know, your your two senators are representing everybody in the, in the state accordingly is is yeah. insane. You know, it's 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 just not logical. And you know, for us to come, kind of sit here and say, well, then you should move. Not everybody can just get up and move. First off, let's say even if you could, let let's do a hypothetical that if we were to return the the, the states to a more of a true republic of nation state, and we relocated everybody to a state that was as absolutely closely aligned with their with their beliefs and, and, and their core, you know, morals and ethic and everything else. Are you still gonna have some variance within the state? Probably. It might be much smaller. Obviously there's people who gravitate towards certain states because of various reasons and, and they may align to to a great deal. Um, and if we were to further separate that out and say, well, you can't live here unless you, I mean, like, look, California just, um, the Los Angeles school district just decided that they were going to mandate, uh, vaccination at the schools for, for, I believe, I want to get this right. I, I think it's 12 and up, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So this now puts you into play to where, hypothetically speaking, if California were simply to say you cannot be a, a resident of California unless you did X, Y, Z. I think that you you then have to make a personal choice because if you want sovereignty from a perspective of state and truly republic, you have to respect that. And if you can't move, then perhaps the state should say, well, then we're going to relocate or help relocate you to yeah. where you want to go within reason. And maybe that other state that they're going to should also reciprocate that and say, we're also going to split that bill because they're bringing in another like-minded individual who's going to then be involved in their system and, and contribute to society and so forth. So there could be some actual real benefit to that in, in the perspective of, of aligning those. Now, again, that's, that might be a bit extreme, but I mean, I don't think it's that extreme with looking about the tens of thousands of people that are leaving California and going into Arizona and Texas and Idaho and, and Nevada and so forth and, and elsewhere. So I think it's definitely possible and plausible to, to a great deal and a great degree that if you are that strongly opposed, then yeah, you're, you're going to make it work. You're going to do what you need to do. And for those individuals who can't, maybe that's something that we should probably be looking at. Because, you know, to sit here and think that we all have to find ourselves in, in, in absolute and complete and total alignment is that's it's a lofty and I think grandiose idea and concept but the reality of it is is, is you know the only thing we can we can truly find unity on is the fact that we we're not all the same fucking people yeah part of my French with that but oh no you're it's just good. the reality of it. Yeah. you know it's just the reality that 
for me to consider and think that everybody is going to see things the same way that I am is insane. And if anybody <laughs> thinks that, that that's possible yeah. and that they have to do it. And if, and even more so, if by force is the way you're going to get there, well, that's just going to create an in, in, in even in greater divided gap. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, there's been uh, quite a bit of talk about, about this, uh, it, at least in some of my circles, I've seen some, you know, outside. Um, how do you feel about succession at this point? You know, that's an interesting conversation because it, it creates, again, it creates kind of um, a model that's similar to kind of the concept and idea of, of returning to more nation states. I mean, in the in the origin in the origination of this country, the states were seen as nation states. You know, it was a true republic in that regard, right? So to see succession from a, a nation, the only ones that really I think lose out on that are the nation, right? I mean, if you look at the if you look at the the wealth so to speak, and the economy of California, it's what, the, the fifth largest in the world? Yep. I mean, you have a state, just one state, part of an entire country that carries a, a GDP that is that is intensified of, of being more than most countries, for that matter. The vast majority of the countries. Now, if you remove that from the collective of the nation, obviously the nation's going to be like, whoa, wait a minute now, hold on. Now, now it's not of a strong of a nation, right? So I can understand where there's a lot of um, potential hazard to that from a collective perspective. However, if it was uniformly done and it was seen as being not just, just Texas, let's say, for the example, since they're on the cusp of that and they've actually succeeded in the past, um, you know, then... Then it's interesting because it means that everybody isn't losing something, or the the, the, the union isn't losing one piece. It's it's an equal parsing out and so forth. And then and then you know what does that mean for for you know kind of North America respected to the states and how they work together? You know, I, there there might be some type of union that then comes into play again. But again, that doesn't this kind of breach us back into where we all started to begin with? Yeah. You know, and, and maybe that's exactly it. Maybe we've become too far detached from where we actually started, and and maybe it needs to be more of a return to origin, that perspective. To to your point, kind of reset and course correct on things. Um, I think that's a logical consideration. I mean, we're even seeing that to be. A contemplation we've always you know we've always heard this from california breaking up into individual states as well you know and the big concern there is that well then yeah but the, the problem is is it's the central valley of california that becomes the poorest state in the entire union uh, you know and, and what does that mean for that state what does it mean for those individuals when they don't have you know the, the bulk of the area and obviously that becomes very problematic because everybody that's in the central valley from a farm perspective then you know, has to set up its own government. They can barely do that, geographically speaking, due to the size. But then, secondly, due to the, the just the amount of um, availability of people and resources to you know, even pull that thing together. 
uh, would be very off balance. So I, I do understand that the perspective of splitting off does create problems. It's a complex thing. It's not something that just is, is so easy peasy um, in that right. However, when you have a state like Texas that has a lot of facilities to be self-dependent, there's a lot of grounds to say, okay, this, you know, this is reasonable. And I think that that's something that, that needs to be sought out and, and understood. But again, it, it does come back to that sovereignty and, and aspect of, of liberty that if the state and the collection of that state would want to secede from, from a union, why not? Well, and, I mean, you could argue it both ways. Yeah. Well, it, at this point as well, um, I mean, historically speaking, the country itself was pretty much founded upon succession. You know, we succeeded from, you know, the British Empire at that point. Um, exactly. So, it, you know, there is historical context to this idea. Um the, the, the most logical proposal I have seen so far anyways was basically uh, like California, Oregon, Washington, they break off, they're their own. And then pretty much the Western United States all the way over to about the Midwest is one. And then North and South of the Mason-Dixon line. So America splitting yep. up into almost four nation states itself. Yep. Um, it, it seemed pretty pretty even and uh, you bring up some good points though of what does this mean how is it going to affect these local economies and everything i, I think the biggest argument um either for or against this though is because of how divided people are could we logically stay in the union without this country breaking out into war or more like major catastrophes happening um, yeah. Would succession actually relieve some of that tension? You know, it's like you said, you can definitely argue it from both sides. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I think that there is definitely a path that that maybe that may find us in, in in kind of a better better position than not. I mean, obviously, doing what we're doing right now. Is, is the first question we need to ask, right? We need to focus on understanding what the real kind of root cause and problem is right now. And there's a lot of obvious root causes to a lot of different wheels that are turning. And to think that there's kind of a silver bullet, so to speak, that'll fix it by just kind of splitting things up. Um, I don't know necessarily that it solves it more than it just changes the problem. You know, and, and specifically when we think geographically too, Let's say that there were four kind of territories um, that were making up the, the total union and, and within those were those nation states, you know, the problems are going to still exist at the societal and community levels and at the local levels. Yeah. Um, those will still be there. Uh, how they work then together, the, the exchange and commerce between them exists. It just exists in a different capacity. You know, and again, the territories within those nation states are still going to have those aspects. California and Nevada are, have much different rules and laws, respective to a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, and if we're talking about an internal border that then becomes more like a county, you know, than anything else, 
I don't know that that necessarily makes makes the greatest deal of sense either. Yeah. You know, and so um, I I weighed less on the side of, of larger territories, and and if I had to if I had to have a gut reaction and, and jump right now. I would say probably leaning more on on the states as they are currently divided, maintaining a, a, their own individual sovereignty, is probably the a good step in a progressive direction without getting us so far down a given path that we we're, we're again kind of shooting ourselves in the other foot and trying to say, well, that foot's you know we're in, you know it's the old major pain thing. It's like, oh, my foot hurts. Okay, well, when we break your finger, you know, does your foot hurt yeah. anymore? <laughs> no, I can't feel it. My finger hurts too much anymore. It's like, you know, yeah. didn't really fix the problem. We just kind of, you know, refocused on where we're looking at. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm a major proponent of uh, states' rights. Um, I, I have a, a major issue with uh, the federal government or uh, the Supreme Court coming in and ruling um for the entire land as a whole, um, as if that, like you said, works for everybody. Uh, to, to think that one ruling from one centralized uh, authority is going to work for everyone, everyone's going to agree, it's, it's just kind of absurd. Um, and I, like I said, I definitely uh, support states' rights. Um, Specifically, I, I've been trying to argue this on uh, Clubhouse uh, with some people um, that obviously, like, regardless of how you feel about, you know, the abortion issue, uh, Texas being able to choose for itself what it does within its borders is the issue of Texas. And does it affect outside states? It, it can, definitely. Um but I'm not going to try and pretend like I know what's best for Texas living in, in another state. It's, it's sure. not my, it's not my place. Um, I have my opinions, but it's, yeah, I'm not going to try and control them from another state. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and, and, and again, I think the thing that, that always conflicts me is, is there's a difference between how we are currently set up compared to actually how we're operating you know there's 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 a a big gap between those two yeah. and that that i think is is what creates this aspect um it makes things more problematic than anything else and again this kind of goes back to the aspect of of is it is it less the design that's failing and more those who are facilitating the whole damn thing as it is right yeah and, you know, we, we, we know this to be true. You can look at it from any capacity, you know, if you want to think about it. Like, you know, if you were to put a different director on a different movie, you have a whole different beast. And, you know, if you if you want to look at it, the analogy of sports, you know, you, you have a certain coach that goes on to a team and is just able to drive that team and, and organize it and direct it in such a way to where they become an extremely amazing, you know, team. It, it goes to show that it has a lot to do with who's facilitating the structure more than the structure itself. And so that's where, uh, when we have these conversations about governments and everything else, you know, gets in this, this aspect of line of, and we see this everywhere, right? You know, this isn't just in, 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 in 
a U.S. problem. This is this is how it works. Yeah. That when when things get too far detached from what the people feel needs to happen, you know, there obviously needs to be a change in, in what's driving and so forth. But what do you do when it's split down the middle? Yeah. And I think that that's you know that's a conversation we're having, and, and and that's the the kind of the broader conversation and discussion throughout the country is what do you do when we're split, and and whether that's a perceived split, or to your point, it's a fabricated narrative that's suggesting that we're split, um, which one might argue that we're not as split as we think we are. You know, I hear a lot of people that come onto things like Clubhouse and otherwise that say, oh well, the country has never been more divided than it is yeah. now. I don't know about that. I actually disagree to a, to a certain aspect, primarily because how do we, how are we really understanding what the true representation of the broader scope of the people are outside of your own direct community and network? Well, and when, you got you got things like yeah. polls and stuff, but those are so fabricated and inaccurate. Well, that's exactly where I was headed. Is is that you have a. a you know, a, a faction of, of the mainstream media and also an alternative media that's that's in itself weighted one way and the other way. So to, to sit here and say, oh, well, there's 80 million people that think this way and 80 million people that think that way, when when the ones who are propelling those numbers are that 80 million, obviously the narrative is going to be fabricated in their favor. We're never really going to be able to understand what the true split is. I mean, as far as we know, it could be 80-20 right now. You know, and, and and that's the bigger problem. You know, that that right there is, is, is the bigger thing of you know, we'll kind of go back to the you know, the aspect of of what Stalin said, you know, a man with one gun can control a hundred people more than a hundred people can control a man with one gun. Yeah. You know, and if we're seeing a situation right now where that one that one man with the one gun is sitting there saying, No, 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 it's it's fifty fifty but he's holding the you know the gun, the proverbial gun up at the same time of, of making sure he has the control to be able to say it's 50-50, then how are we, we going to say otherwise? And, and even then, so there's a side that's going to be more sympathetic and empathetic to the aspect of like, oh, well, yeah, let's if, if it's 50-50, let's have this conversation. But I think that that's what's weaning on everybody is that they're realizing and seeing that it's not so 50-50 anymore. Yeah. And the guy that's holding the proverbial gun so far needs to not be holding that. We need to have an honest and true discussion. And um, it's very, very difficult to have at this point, which actually goes back to the point. Have we really progressed in 300 years? And people say, oh, yeah, well, we have news and we have connection communication. Yes, but when it's manipulated, it's no different than where we were back when this country started, where, where nobody, you know, everybody on the West Coast had to wait for the news to, to get there before they even heard about it. Exactly. It's old news well, by the time they hear it. Exactly. Well, now we're in a situation where it's instantaneous, but it's also we're we're getting fed to your point misinformation. So it's instantaneously driving us in a very bad direction. At that point. So did you know? Did we progress? <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't know that we did. Yeah. Exactly. And and how would how would you judge that as well? Like compared to what? That, that's always my favorite thing is compared to what? Like, and you can pretty much ask that about anything. So. Let, let, let me ask you uh, your your opinion. Um, do you believe that Trump was good or bad for the country in the broad scheme of things? Not if you like him or not. I don't think that really matters at this point with most people. But was, was him being in office 
really as bad as people think, or was that really like a good move? I detach the individual on who they are as in regards to their character when I think about this question, and I truly try to think about the effectiveness of of the individual who is in that position. I also think about how I subjectively think that the country should be ran. Um, and I also try to think about what what really we have here when we talk about the country, the United States, and, and the organization and everything else. I do think that in a, in a, in a broader scope of things, that the country is ran quite successfully successfully when it's ran like a company and to have a business oriented individual that's extremely hard lined again despite how brash and and just you know removing the character and the tweets and everything else i do think that there is there's a lot of benefit to having someone like him um, in that capacity that understands business and understands negotiation and it is understanding of, of, of a lot of other angles that, that were brought to the table during those four years that could, that could push things in the right direction. Now, they could easily have gone in an equally bad direction as well, too. However, where we were and where we were going was, was I think, a number of degrees in, in a positive direction. There was a lot of things that could be built upon. Again, I'm not necessarily talking about how he did it, yeah. but more or less what was what was accomplished. I do think that there was a lot of positivity that, that actually came out of that. And I think that that's something to be said, not to the individual, but again, understanding what exactly it is we have on our hands. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing that gets into a lot of people's ways is they try to focus on who's doing it and how it's being done rather than understanding what it is that you're actually in. You know, there's a difference between a passenger car and a semi-truck. Anybody who understands and knows the difference between driving the two, it's completely different. And you're not going to necessarily want somebody who's only driving passenger vehicles to be driving your semi down the freeway at 80 miles an hour. So you've got to understand what the vehicle is before you can really find the right person to operate it, for that matter, right? Now, somebody who's coming in and driving a passenger vehicle who maybe on the trucker side may not have the same um, characteristics that would be fitting, but they could probably still do it. Yeah. You know, so there's there's definitely a capacity of really understanding uh, the, the the vehicle again. I'll, I'll go back to that analogy. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that I think that there was a lot that was accomplished. I think that there was a lot that was done. And I think that a lot of a lot of the opposition to him from a character standpoint into a political standpoint got in the way of what was actually being accomplished. And when yeah. you go back and look at really what was done, it'd be really hard pressed a legitimate look. Yeah. You know, not what people are told, but really go look at the laws that were passed and go look at you know, go go look at the progression that was made and everything else. Um you'd have a hard time really really saying that 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 a lot of bad was done. Yeah. Um, rather than saying a lot of good was actually accomplished. Yeah, I I would have to agree. Um, I I I truly believe that we are currently in a worse position than we were a year ago. Um, just 
economically, socially, like things have deteriorated so far. Um, whether that's directly because of Trump or not because of him, uh, you know, I think that's up for everyone to decide. Uh, however, the one thing I, <laughs> I do like about him is he's a troll master. And oh, I do miss those mean tweets, man. That made for interesting times. And yeah. You know, one of the most widely watched events in the world has always been the WWE World Wrestling, <laughs> yeah. you know, entertainment, so to yeah. speak. Or I still refer to it as a WWF, just yeah. showing my age a little bit there. He brought us a, a sense of, of thematic and, 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 and drama to the political stage that, that made it engaging in such a different way that you know it it character it made almost caricatures of these individuals whom most people already think are you know clowns to begin with so it's like well let's just let's just give them a name you know let's create an actual uh character so to speak and and he definitely arrived at it which i actually i've pointed out to people one of his best friends is vince mcmahon yeah and i've often wondered if there was a hand of saying like look here's how you really drive a story yeah like Create some character, you know, like give something that people can relate to from a villain and a, and a hero perspective to this. And, and when you do that, obviously the entertainment value goes through the roof. Oh, yeah. And yeah, his his ability to think um, in those ways and, and go outside of that. Obviously, they weren't, you know, our ideal and in, 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 in kind of picture of what we might think is presidential. But, you know. When was the last time we had anybody that was "quote unquote" presidential in the actual presidency? Yeah. Um, some might might say we never have. You know, if you really do your history and really learn who these people were, and 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 really learn what they're up to. I mean, you come to find out that you know Ben Franklin was a raging alcoholic that loved <laughs> prostitutes. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but he was also one of the most brilliant writers and obviously a founding father of the country that was obviously a genius. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You again, you got to separate that character uh, from 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 the accomplishment and from the capability. And yeah. if you focus purely on character, which is typically what most politicians do, is they, they focus and project themselves out of who they're going to be or who they are and hide who they actually are and what they're actually going to do. Well, that's what we run ourselves into a problem with, because then when their true colors come out, we're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. You know, and that's one thing that you have to give credit to Trump is that. He, he was never anything other than Trump at all times. It's true. And and that's something I can respect is when somebody is, is trying to be purely themselves, at least I can I can be grounded in and and understand and know what to expect when I deal with that individual. And that's something we just don't ever really have when it comes to politicians in this country. Yeah. Yeah, and it was honestly wonderful to watch. Um and the, the one thing that always upset me um, was that because of all of the, you know, fake news, I guess, around him, all of these uh, stories that aren't true, they got in the way of being able to criticize him legitimately, where yes. any, anywhere he, he actually had a fault, we were unable to criticize him legitimately because of all of these stories that were not true. And at yep. times, I ended up finding myself 
uh, defending him more often than not, which really irritated me because I, <laughs> I, I wanted to be able to criticize certain things that he did. But first we had to be like, no, he's not a Russian bot or just like whatever. And it's it was really frustrating, at least for me on that aspect. So, yeah, I hear you there. Um I would agree with you that, you know, those things definitely, definitely get in the way to being able to have critical conversations. And, you know, that's the thing, too, with like things like conspiracy theories and so forth is they're entertaining. Yeah. And they do. Obviously, they spawn, as I like to say, they're kind of like jokes. They always they're like kind of 50 percent truth and 50 percent bullshit. And and, you know, when 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 you when you focus too much on the bullshit, you know, you you can't really appreciate the joke. Yeah, because you're not really poking on the fact. But if you're also if you're poking on the fact so hard, you can't really have a good time with it at the same point. Yeah. So um, I, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate looking at it from all angles. And, you know, I, I've had these conversations with people. And, and the moment that individuals start going straight down kind of to that point that you, you're expressing, well, when they focus on the character and not only an inaccurate depiction of the character from one that they've been given, you can't even have a conversation anymore at that point. Yeah. I, yeah. I tried to have a conversation with a friend about policies uh, that were passed and, and so forth, and all he focused on were the tweets. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, Twitter isn't, you know, it's 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 not how legislation is done. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, we're, you're sitting here trying to conversate on whether there was a good presidency or not, and the only thing you're going to cite are all his tweets that he made? I'm like, we're going to get nowhere. Yeah, exactly. It's not representative. We're going to get nowhere. Yeah. Um, you know? And then I start saying, okay, well, I'm just going to speak purely on conspiracy theory. And they're like, oh, well, you're just conspiracy theory and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, if all you're going to do is point out character yeah. and we're not going to talk facts, then I'm going to not talk facts either. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I got to ask, what is your favorite conspiracy theory? Oh, man, that's a good question. There's so many to choose from. <laughs> yeah right you know I play this game um, with a couple friends and we do it from a critical thinking perspective it's kind of more of a thought exercise than anything else where we'll have somebody say one theory and the goal is, is to tie it back to JFK <laughs> hell yeah um, it's not Q and, yeah it's not QAnon stuff it's actually you know, JFK assassination in, in Dallas and all that stuff yeah and um, I kind of like refer to being like it's the it's it's the seven degrees from Kevin Bacon conspiracy yeah. theory version edition. Um, so you know I in that regard and in 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 kind of in light of that, that's the first one. You know that's the big one. Oh yeah, JFK is the big one, and, and not only that, but it's something that I think is is uh, is real. It was. It happened, you know, and there was conspiracy, and and yeah. you know, to a degree, there still is, and there's still uncertainty, and there's there's a lot of facts, and there's a lot of convolution, and you can take it really, really far. You can you can have a lot of fun with it, so to speak. You can get really, really, really creative with it, um, or you can stay very logical with it. And I think that that's what makes a good conspiracy theory is is one that can go both ways. Um. There's some others that I think are I, I really really like, but that one is I think the quintessential. I'll say. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, 
that's one that's that's the go-to for sure well and i i think it's the the one that most everyone believes in the most that we are not being told the truth about um i i think you can talk to almost anybody and that they would have an opinion that the american people were lied to about the jfk uh assassination um and and it's such a uh realistic one you know whereas in you talk to them about uh coronavirus in the 5g towers or um lizard people underneath the denver airport um you talk to them about that and of course it's outlandish it's it's out there but so i mean that there's a difference between uh conspiracy theories and things that could have actually happened where people conspired together to commit Absolutely. something you know Absolutely. and I, I think uh the jfk thing is more of a uh less of a conspiracy theory which honestly i hate that term i, I think I it's too. uh it's very dismissive of people critically thinking so to that to that point um if we were to go on to let, let's say um a conspiracy theory that was that, that actually has agreed upon facts that's that's where I think it gets out of the whole conspiracy theory realm because we can all agree on all of the all of the facts with JFK. Yeah, that's something that when you talk conspiracy theories to people, the problem that gets into play is that everyone's working from a different fact base. Everyone has different facts, and yes. if you are not in agreement as to the rules of the discussion and the debate on what references you're making and you're not consistent in the references they're making then you can never really have a again kind of a a good a good evaluation of of what happened or didn't happen for that matter now if we were to go to say let's say something super super wild um if i had to pick one that was even farther out there Again, there's so many. <laughs> um, I found some very interesting, and I've been on the fence with some things. I think that that the whole Illuminati New World Order thing—that's a fun one. Yeah. You know, I think that that's one that that I could probably go to and, and, and say I have a lot of fun with as well, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, sure. I I would agree. And as far as that one, I I do agree that I, I, I think there's a quite a bit of factuality and actuality in that one, which makes it so interesting. Um, and then there, there are the more outlandish aspects of it, the lizard people, which... I think I think that one is probably my favorite one that you know I don't I don't believe I I realize that it could be possible but it, you know <laughs> lizard people running the government right. I don't know right I, it, wow um you know I'm I I think the people that really fall into believing these things are more entertaining almost than the stories themselves <laughs> right but, um the uh yeah, the Illuminati and uh, New World Order stuff, like, it's 
there is a lot of factual base in that. Um, sure. And I, I think when you can't have open discussions about these theories, it, it does lead to a lot more outlandish things. Um, you know, good ideas kill bad ideas. And sure. when, when discourse is shut down, um, censorship happens, it, it tends to lead to a lot more crazier things out there, kind of like why Flat Earth is now a thing again. It's like, well, oh, yeah. you guys have really killed a lot of uh, faith in science, and you're not helping it by saying you can't talk about certain things. Like, that's yeah. not helping it. It's, it's adding to this. So... Yeah. Well, that, that aspect of, of, I think, kind of in relating to that one, scientism and, and the aspect that people have, have dedicated and, and put in so much into their their well-being and, and their, their careers and their livelihoods into, into adhering and subscribing to a specific conclusion is, is what often gets in the way with that. Because there's people who are, let's say, the foremost quote-unquote experts that they, they almost can't back away from at this point in time. Like they got, they got to die on that hill now at this point in time, Uh, because if they don't, everything that they, you know, all the books and all the movies and everything is going to be like, Oh shit. Well, it was all wrong. You know? And, 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 and I think the worry there needs to be destigmatizes. It doesn't mean that that person didn't do good work. Yeah. You know, I mean, shit, it's, 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 if you get somebody, let's say, who's in the kitchen and they're cooking up Thanksgiving meal for the, for the whole family. And they just fucking ruin everything. They still spent seven hours cooking the damn food. Yeah. You know, if the turkey was dry and gravy was loose and stuffing's got too much stuff in it. And like, they just ruin everything. They still spent all the time like doing it. And yeah. if we just simply go like, well, the result was horrible. So you're horrible at, you know, like what you did was bad. Like, I think that's a wrong way to approach it. Like, I think that there has to be given some level of gravitas and, and, and respect and understanding that the execution is different from, from, the, from the effort, yeah. so to speak. And so if Zahari wants to be, you know, dying on the hill of saying that the, you know, that the pyramids and, and the Sphinx are 6,000 years old, let him do that. You know, and he is working at the best of his understanding and ability. And, and if we come to find out that, no, the Sphinx is... 13,000 years old uh, because of, uh, you know, the theories around the water damage around it and the last time that there were torrential downpours and floods in the area makes sense. Then, hey, you know, we've, we've and, and again, it was understood that that was something that was never considered before. Yeah. And, and, and if somebody comes up and considers that and it changes the perspective, well, again, that's new information. And so up until that point, Sahari was correct. But then now, given the new understanding information, there's a new thought process. It doesn't mean that he now was incorrect that whole entire time. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's something that if we could get away from, which is which is next to impossible, because I'm asking for people to, you know, denounce their egos and ability to be, yeah. you know, humil- you know, kind of find some, um, you know, self-humiliation and so forth and, and be okay with that. Obviously, it's, it's, it's not plausible because not everybody has that capability of, yeah, uh, that, know, that takes some major self-discipline to be able to drop that ego. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. And and so, you know, that that's a structure that's going to stand in the way from, from that ever really happening. And so, obviously, you know, 
some folks are gonna again they're gonna die on that hill and, and they're gonna go the full distance and you know when they're in a very authoritative and and again a very high uh seniority on that particular topic it's going to be very hard to to have anybody consider anything different than, than what they're at so yeah well and that's that's exactly why i actually had a major issue when uh, big tech decided to censor david ike and alex jones and a bunch of other lesser known people and it's like you're you're not helping you know these these people need to be out there and to take away their ability to put out information that they are putting out in good faith um whether you like them or not like just refute them like if they're if they're so bad come back with a better idea a better explanation or better evidence like <laughs> well i i think that not only do i agree with you and that it's problematic from a censorship point but it also decredits the individuals of saying that if you're going to fall for you know let's say somebody said well we had to get rid of alex jones because there's really gullible people out there you're being really kind of disrespectful to the people who you're you're saying you're saving them from, right? Yeah. I mean, we're sitting there going like, well, you're too stupid to realize that he's telling <laughs> conspiracy theories and lies. Yeah. I mean, that's almost kind of worse than, it's not as worse, but I would say it's it's equally a problematic aspect of saying that, you know, of, of the censorship in itself. Not only are you saying you can't say that, but you're saying you're too dumb to realize that it's, you know, what he's saying is wrong. Yeah, exactly. You know, and again, that's, that's where I go back and say like, well, hold on there, first off, you shouldn't censor to exactly your point. I agree with you. And then secondly, you don't need to decide whether or not I'm, I'm capable of disseminating whether or not I think it's true or not what he's saying. Yeah. Um, well, it, yeah. It's just that. I mean, like I said before, good ideas kill bad ideas. And it, it really is all open discourse. It, that That's why I think a lot of uh, this Q stuff has really gained in popularity um a lot of people are getting censored and everything and that's kind of emboldening these terrible ideas um same same with uh, the opposite side of the spectrum with the blue anon which i absolutely love that term you know blue anon yeah. and q anon it's like two sides of the same coin and yeah if you can't discuss these openly these sort of ideas and practically cults they're gonna they're gonna thrive under this and then it turns you know these uh proponents of that into martyrs when they get censored it's like see look it's yes. deep state it's this it's that and it just makes everything so much worse it does um it definitely does you know and, and again i think that if anything a QAnon did is it made people think differently to your point on both sides of the coin which some might argue that was the intention of it to begin with right yeah. you know taking it for face value uh, is probably a um, a less desirable output from that although known that it was going to happen but I think the bigger and broader aspect of it being that it's just going to cause people to, to think differently is is where i saw the value to it yeah you didn't have to and it goes both ways you didn't have to go into that like here's the example 
if I'm presented with the idea that the moon landings were fake, and then I go research and I only reinforce my then decision that or my conclusion that they weren't real, then it actually just presenting the idea that they are was actually a good thing because it gave me the opportunity to validate and confirm that they were actually real. But at least give me the chance to be able to do that, right? Yeah. Now, I, I understand that it becomes problematic when when individuals might be easily swayed and, and as soon as they grab onto something, they're not going to do the research and so forth. That does become an issue. But again, that's got to be everybody's individual ability to, to, to make that call, period. Yeah. If you want to grab onto what people are telling you or feeding you or giving you, I mean, you have to have the right and the ability to do that. And is it dangerous? It can be, but it's no less dangerous than the other side that's doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Well, and what's so, more dangerous, the ability to choose for yourself or never having the choice in the first place? That's it. So. Can't say it better than that. All right. Well, I think on that note, we're going to wrap it up here. It was definitely a pleasure having you on, and uh, definitely yeah. want to want to have you on again, and we'll uh, sure pick a conspiracy theory or a couple of different ones and dive deep into them, and you know, start uh, exploring I'm, these. So I'm more than happy to go down that path again. Like I said, they're, they're greatly entertaining, and and I'd be lying if I said I didn't I didn't go down those rabbit holes. <laughs> uh, I definitely do. I definitely enjoy it, and and we can definitely uh, dig in hard on. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on. So, got anything to plug? Any uh, anything to throw out there? Um, yeah, if anybody is uh, on Clubhouse, I do talk um, on these topics. I also talk on conspiracy theories, and I talk on design, UX and UI, and everything else. Uh, you can find me at allbydesign.ch, A L L B Y D E S I G N dot ch on clubhouse um you can follow that account on instagram is allbydesign.ig you could probably guess that the twitter is allbydesign.tw and i'm slowly slowly putting together a youtube channel as well too it's going to be more focused on design than anything else but um, clubhouse is where you'll probably hear me talk the most breath and where i'm most likely to engage in all kinds of different topics um, far and wide yeah perfect yeah Clubhouse is uh, quite the amazing platform. Man, I've wasted so much time. But, well, I guess it's not so much waste, <laughs> you know. Gotten quite sure. a bit of value. But, yeah, anyone who's not on yep. Clubhouse, get on now because you'll you'll have a lot of fun on there. So Definitely. Perfect. Thank you once again. And uh, I'll let you know when this is up. Awesome, Jake. Appreciate it, man. Take yep. care. Thank Anytime. you much.